0: Snuff Production. Hello, welcome to my series, Koshy's Property Ladder, where I focus on the tips and tricks you need to know if you want to be a property owner or investor. I'm finance journalist, David Kosh. Buying a property will be the biggest financial transaction most people will make in their life. So in this episode, I want to cover off how to get the best financial deal on the home of your dreams because buying that dream property at the best price is the objective but organising the right financing at the best rate can be the difference between having the property feel like a home versus feeling like a financial burden. Now, buying a property is probably going to be a stretch on your finances and there will need to be a significant change in your lifestyle in the short term at least. So how do you make the dollars stack up to have the best of both worlds? A great home and a good lifestyle. Now, I always like to say, if you want the best deal on your finance, you need to do your homework and shop around and compare the market. But the good news is, There has never been a better time to access a loan to buy a property. Yes, banks' lending criteria has tightened after the Banking Royal Commission, but interest rates are at historically low levels and there has never been more options available to borrowers. So let's start at the start with where to get a loan. The big four banks still dominate the home loan market, but... As you've seen from the last series of official interest rate cuts from the Reserve Bank, the big banks are positively stingy. None of them passed on the full rate cuts to their customers. But thankfully, there are alternative lenders, like credit unions, regional banks, insurance companies, mortgage brokers, superannuation funds, and a new wave of digital online lenders. These alternatives have to abide by the same regulations and are overseen by the same government regulator as the big banks. You see, a lot of people stick with the big banks because they think they're safer. But the reality is they're not. So feel safe to shop around. But no matter who you approach, all lenders have strict criteria on assessing whether they will lend to you at all. Gone are the days when lenders basically hosed money at borrowers and credit was easy to get because the banks got into trouble in the Banking Royal Commission for these sorts of practices and now everyone is scrutinised a lot more closely. So you'll need to prove to lenders that you can afford the size of the loan you're after and have the ability to make repayments. So be prepared from the start. Lenders will now ask you to show wage records and tax returns to prove how much income you actually earn. They'll check your credit rating, your credit card statements, want to see a family budget, and proof that you're good at managing your money. If they conclude that you would be a good customer for them, then the power shifts to you so you can start bargaining to get a better deal. Shop around and come back to them with more attractive deals that you've researched elsewhere and ask them to match it. Because frankly, you're a mug if you accept the advertised home loan rate. Always, always ask for a discount on the interest rate. You'll be amazed how easily it is to get. Even if you already have a home loan, ring your lender for a discount if you have insurance, other loans and credit cards with them, you should get an even bigger discount. I always give people this advice, and about 90% of them get their interest rate lowered. I've heard from a listener that they got a massive 1.2% discount from their interest rate. That's huge. All from one conversation about a rate that they've probably accepted for years. So be prepared to prove you're a good borrower and then haggle on the rate. There's a wealth of information available to you on property websites, again, like realestate.com.au and Domain. So use them because apart from being good for searching for property, you can also find financing options. You can fill in your financial details and preferences when you find the right property and it will calculate the loan you need assess your application, and even conditionally approve it using a database of participating mortgage brokers. It's a great starting point to give you an idea of how much you can borrow and what your repayments are likely to be. Now, while the home loan war offers some great bargains, there are also some financial pitfalls to be aware of. But don't worry, because this has spawned a new breed of financial advisors to help you called mortgage brokers. Now, mortgage brokers are specialists who do the legwork for you and find the best loan to suit your needs. They act in a similar way to an insurance broker who hunt down the best home, car, and life insurance for you. And surprisingly, a mortgage broker doesn't usually cost you a thing because the lender they choose for you pays for them. And unless you actually want to, You won't have to meet anyone from the lending institution. A good broker should be able to find the best loan, give all the pros and cons of the loan, help you complete the loan documents and guide the application through to settlement. No single broker will offer all 1,200 or so mortgage products available, but they should have at least 20 financiers on their panel of lenders. The larger banks also have well-established mobile lender services, whereas the smaller lenders often pay a mortgage broker a commission to bring new business through the door because they don't have the branch networks available to them. The brokers themselves come in all shapes and sizes. Many are privately owned companies started by bankers, while others are bigger and even listed on the share market. So once you have loan approval... The next big decision is to decide on the type of loan you want and the repayment terms that will suit you and your situation. Should you go for an interest-only loan or maybe a variable principal and interest mortgage or a fixed-rate loan or a combination of both? (laughs) Is your head spinning yet? Look, let me break these options down for you because this can be really important to know. Currently, interest rates are at historic lows. So if your perfectly balanced budget would fall into disarray if the Reserve Bank so much as nudged official interest rates upwards, then a long-term fixed-rate home loan could be the answer. A fixed loan means exactly that. Repayments are fixed for the term of the loan, usually between two and ten years, and won't change no matter what official and variable interest rates do. So it's easy to work out exactly how much you'll consistently have to sacrifice to repay your loan so you'll have no nasty surprises. The only downside is that a number of fixed rate loans don't allow you to make extra repayments to pay off the loan early. And if rates continue to fall, you'll be stuck paying that higher rate and you'll miss out on any of those savings. Another option is a variable loan. This is where the interest rate is, you guessed it, variable. So these rates can go up or down at any time during the life of the loan, depending on the direction of the Reserve Bank's rate decisions, on inflation, the health of the economy, and even global interest rates. But unlike fixed-rate loans, with variable loans, you can increase your repayments and pay off your loan early without penalty. If general interest rates are expected to fall, borrowers will generally choose these variable loans. But if interest rates are expected to rise in the future, then borrowers will look to lock in a fixed-rate loan at the current low rates before they go up. But many borrowers will organise the best of both worlds. They'll look to finance their property with a cocktail of loans, part fixed rate, part variable. They get the certainty of a fixed rate for part of their loan, but have the ability to pay down the variable part early if they can. The other type of loan is an interest-only loan. This is a loan where you just pay the interest on the loan rather than repayments that pay the interest and a bit off the principal, which is your loan amount, every month to try and reduce the overall value of your loan. Naturally, if you're only paying the interest, total monthly repayments will be lower than principal plus interest. But at the end of the loan, you'll have to pay the principal all back. The whole loan. You wouldn't have paid anything off it. But if you're finding it hard to borrow what you need or to get approved for a loan, a guarantor can help you buy a place that you otherwise couldn't afford. Banks look much more favourably on loan applications with a guarantor attached because having two parties responsible for repayments dramatically reduces the risk the debt will go bad. The bank of mum and dad is a common option for guarantees. If your parents have the means to help, put a proposal to them. Plus, having a guarantor usually means it's possible to access a lower interest rate, not pay lender's mortgage insurance, and also increase the amount you're able to borrow. So if you are going to ask your parents, you've got to present a worthwhile case for them to put their own property at risk. So get your pitch prepared. Research the pros and cons of the property investment, the expected returns you'll earn, and a budget behind how exactly you're going to afford the loan repayments to put their mind at ease. Remember, there is a risk involved in being someone's guarantor. So take it seriously. Be thorough and keep it professional. No whinging. But if you don't plan to live in the property you want to purchase, you might find that your folks are keen on a property investment too, which means you can approach this as a joint venture. You buy what you can afford, and they go in for the rest, and this can open up some handy tax benefits that could make it more affordable. If you do go down this road with your parents, you'll need to have clearly defined investment goals that align with each other. Decide how much each party will pay for rates and repairs, when you expect to sell, and what happens if one person wants or needs to sell early. You should also run your plan by a tax accountant and conveyancer to sort out the fine print. Now, if you're in a relationship and you're buying as a couple, usually both names would appear on both the loan and purchase contracts. When it comes to tax, your principal place of residence is capital gains tax-free. So from a pure tax point of view, it doesn't really matter whose name the property is in. But if you're buying an investment property, then any capital gain is subject to tax, while rents are subject to income tax. This means that if the loan repayments on an investment property are more than the rent received, then you can claim the deficit as a tax deduction. That's what we call negative gearing. Look, I'll talk more about this in another episode of this series when I cover buying investment properties and being a landlord. So once you do clinch that property and secure a mortgage, get on top of your loan repayments from the very start and try and get ahead to build a buffer. There are a couple of ways of doing this. If you make repayments monthly, then change them to fortnightly. If you make them fortnightly, change them to weekly. Why? Well, the advantage of this slight tweak is twofold. In a calendar quirk, changing your repayments to a more frequent cycle will mean you make extra repayments each calendar year. Also, by increasing the regularity of your repayments, you'll end up paying less interest on the loan because there's less interest compounding each period. One of the best ways to pay off your loan quickly is to dump your entire salary into the loan account, which can then knock down the loan principal. You know, on payday, most of us are flush with cash, but then the balance gets whittled away and we sort of just survive (laughs) until the next payday. Because interest on your mortgage is calculated daily, those surpluses in the early part of your pay cycle become useful in reducing your loan and you pay less interest in the long run. This can create huge savings in loan interest over the duration of the loan because every month your outstanding loan amount is slightly lower than if you had a standard variable rate loan but a slightly higher interest rate is usually charged for the privilege. So watch out for that. Redraw facilities as part of the home loan also allows money to be withdrawn by the borrower at a later date should the need arise. This allows you to funnel all your savings into the home loan and reduce the principal substantially. The great thing about a redraw facility is you have the flexibility of getting your money if need be. It's not locked away. The maths are pretty attractive. Currently, online savings accounts pay only mm, 1% to 2%. It's awful. But putting savings into the mortgage saves you interest of up to 4%. And you can redraw it for other purposes if you want. For example, a lot of people keep their emergency fund money in their mortgage so the redraw facility is essentially turning a home loan account into a savings account as well earning you up to four percent but be careful because lenders can place restrictions on the number of redraws per year and the size of the withdrawals so you've got to check the fine print well that brings us to the end of this episode on how to get the best finance deal. There are plenty of lenders and mortgage brokers out there, so do your homework and shop around. This might be the biggest investment of your life, so research and negotiating is key. If you want to learn more, head to the Your Money and Your Life website. There are articles and a lot more hints. That's ymyl.com.au. Thanks for your company. And good luck climbing the property ladder. Koshy's Property Ladder was presented by David Kosh. Producer, Melody Ruiz. Executive Producer, Jennifer Goggin. Sound production by Darcy Thompson. Listener.